have your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Peter. And we'd like to say Happy Mother's Day. Uh, also, I'd like to say to those of you that maybe uh, God had never given you any children, I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to you too. I think at times in churches we just say Happy Mother's Day to those who have children of their own. And um, just been reminded, I read a really neat article uh, on Facebook uh, this week about how churches handle Mother's Day. And then also we've been thinking about Paul and Helen Shoemaker. Um, God had never given Helen and Paul any children. And they desperately wanted children, but God saw fit not to for them to have any children. And so they've been involved in children's lives and um, taught middle school, Sunday school class for 25 plus years, and uh, just been involved you know, all around uh, in different young people's lives. And uh, so they're, um, they never had any biological children. I think if they would have had any biological children, Helen would have never left them. And so uh, God said, hey, I want, I want you to minister to some other people in a different way. And so God has saw fit to use them, and so I know that there's others of you that maybe have not had any children, but I just want to say uh, thank you to you as well for being involved in other people's lives. Uh, I don't get an opportunity uh, to talk to, um, to a woman's heart very often, and so I want to take this opportunity this morning as we've gathered together. i also like to welcome the newlyweds. It's, a bit, it's been, a, what, a week today? Two weeks. Wow. That's our, have you, do you know the newlyweds? Y'all are looking over here like you don't know them. Okay, so we'll make them stand up. This is Lon and Geneva. Okay, so we're going to make them stand. Okay, let's yeah, introduce them. Okay. Lon was married for 60 years, and Geneva was married for 54 years, and they fell back in love again with another. Both their spouses passed away of cancer, and so one Sunday we saw these two kind of sitting together, and... I always kind of get a nudge from my wife. If, you know, somebody's moving in on our widows. She's like, I'm like, all right, we'll find out what's going on. Why don't you just go talk to him? Why do I got to be the one? I'm sure none of the other wives do that, do you? You know what I mean? So anyway, um, they called, Lon called and said, would you marry us? And do we have to go through any premarital counseling? I said, no, y'all have got 100 years of experience. You're good to go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> Lon learned early on to say yes, dear, is married, so he's doing good. <laughs> anyway, so uh, congratulations to them. And so I just wanted to share this morning, as I, um, uh, I remember as a, a boy having a sister, I love to aggravate my sister. Uh, I remember growing up, I would come home and I would be out with my friends or went out to, you know, we always went, we did the same thing. If we went on a date with our girlfriends, we went to Pizza Hut, drove around Decatur, came back home. It wasn't a whole lot of excitement in our little town. And so, um, but I, I'll never never forget growing up, my mom, as soon as I walk in the door, how, where'd you go? Well, mom, like we go to the same place every time we go out to eat. There's not really any other choices. And so she, my mom would always play 50 questions with me. And I never liked it. I never understood why in the world she asked me all these questions. And so the older I got, I finally figured out that mom really just wanted to know what was going on in my life. And, um, and then God gave me Rachel. And um, that's been, it was interesting. Um, it was a blessing to us. And I never, you know, having brothers, we just wrestled and, you know, 
duked it out and had fun, and then God gives me this little princess that just stands around, looks herself in the mirror, and changes clothes, and changes shoes, and then wears mom's shoes, and I'm thinking, there's something wrong with this kid. I don't understand this. And so I learned early on that God had placed in my little girl's heart a heart of a princess, that she always wanted to be loved and cared for. And um, so now we have Logan uh, Radonsky comes to our house, and she just kind of walks in and just kind of takes over, and uh, it's kind of fun to watch her. And, and what's really kind of neat is, is she, you know, she doesn't talk a whole lot, but she wants you to watch her. So if she can do a somersault, she'll do like a some type of a somersault in, in our living room. And she'll just look at you, waiting for you to respond to her in some way, you know. And then if you don't, she'll like, there's something wrong with you. When I do a somersault, you're supposed to clap, you're supposed to smile, supposed to do something to say that you are watching me, that you recognize this. And so this morning as we've gathered, uh, I would just like to take a moment and share with you, um, ladies, as you look at the Word of God and as I watch society change around us so fast, I've just been thinking about, you know, God, what, what would you say to women at Bible Fellowship Church on this Sunday morning? And so as I went through the Word of God, I came to 1 Peter chapter 3, and um, I start. I'd like to start with you in, in verse um, three, as you, if you're there, First Peter chapter three, uh, and Peter writes this: Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold and jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is far greater worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who made their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him master. You are her daughter if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Now this morning, um, I want you to pray with me because I probably this isn't a passage of scripture that you thought we would be talking about this morning here at Bible Fellowship Church. So I want to pray this morning. Father, I just thank you for each woman that's here. And Father, you know exactly what's going on in each individual's heart. And you know their burdens, you know their joys, you know their sorrows. You know what they need this morning. So Father, as we come back to a passage of Scripture, Lord, I know there can be a lot of kickback here because this is not what our society says. This is not what's popular. But Father, this is what you want from our women. So I just ask, Holy Spirit, you would open their hearts today. You would share them as truth of the word of God. Make them receptive. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would raise a generation of women like this passage of scripture in our family. Knowing that generations will be affected if positively you raise up a, a group of women based on this passage of scripture. So thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to gather here. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would speak loudly to us today. It's your name I pray. Amen. As I look through this passage of Scripture, I often think and I often have, it's fun to watch uh, children. It's fun to watch their parents. It's fun to watch women with their children. And I know as, as, as you go along, ladies, there's a tendency to find your value in your children's accomplishments. In a society where you are busy, you're watching um, cheerleading, baseball, softball, basketball, band, school projects, choir projects, football, speech competitions. You're all about our students being involved in a lot of different things. 
I think it's very important for us, uh, for each of us, but especially for our women in our family, to make sure you do not find your value in your children. Because your children will probably make some unwise choices. And you're finding your value in your children once they turn 17, 18, and they leave your house, then you're pretty empty as a person. Then you walk around trying to figure out, what am I going to do with my life? Because these last 18 years, I've focused on these kids. So I would encourage you in a generation where most people are looking to find their value in their children's accomplishment, I would challenge you to come to this passage of Scripture and say, God, I want to find my value in you. Paul or Peter says very clearly that your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair, wearing of gold and jewelry, and fine clothes. Instead, it should be of an inner self, of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit. It's interesting as, as you think about uh, this passage of Scripture. Now, Peter's not telling the, the women in this church that they can't do their hair, they can't wear jewelry, they can't wear fine clothing. He's not saying that. But what he's saying to, that, to this, this church and this, that generation is, don't find your value in what you put on. You're not valuable because of what you wear. Your value comes from who you are on the inside. And as you think about our generation, do you think Peter had any idea of Highlands County when he was writing this passage of Scripture? I don't. But it's pretty interesting today. It's amazing how you watch people and their value is in what they wear. And here's a great example of it. Next time you go to the mall, how much are you going to pay for a pair of jeans at the mall? Well, if you go to those places that stink, like Hollister, and Abercrombie and & Finch, and Aeropostale, and all those things, you're going to spend a pretty good chunk of change on a pair of jeans. Just so you can have that whatever logo it might be, whatever, and I don't know all the logos, so I'm sorry, I don't have to answer these questions anymore because my daughter's in New York, so... She doesn't say to me, Dad, what is this? I have no idea what they were. I, remember, I did know for a little while what the symbols were, but I can't remember anymore. But it's amazing in our society what people will pay for a pair of clothing, and they walk out saying, wow, I just feel really good about myself because I have this. In reality, it was probably made in China. They just sewed it on in America, and you spent $150 for a pair of jeans that was made for 5 bucks in China, and you got ripped off bigger than life. But because it has that little symbol on it, you walk out there saying, wow, I'm, a, I'm special today. I have value as a person because I put something on. It's very tempting. Even inside of our buildings, even inside of this room here, for our women of our society to say, you know what? I will find my value in what I wear. I will find my value in the jewelry. I just wonder... Whoever came up with the concept of giving rings, and you know what's always amazing to me is the guys could care less what the ring looks like, but the women always care. Let me see the diamond. Somebody made a lot of money on let me see the diamond. <laughs> we know what's true is it's never how you're not more special because your diamond is a carat, two carat, $10,000, $5,000, $800. That doesn't make you special. What makes you special is what's on the inside. And I think it's important for us as men inside of this society to make sure that our women know we're not so worried about what's on the outside. 
it's easy to be look say, oh, that person's this, this person that. You know what? It'd be it'd be interesting if our family would be characterized men when the when the girl walks past that's dressed inappropriately, we would just turn our heads and say, you know what? We're not interested in any of that stuff. That's not beautiful to us. That's not value to us. That's just somebody that's empty on the inside and is looking for attention, so they wear less on the outside to get the attention, and what's going to happen in the end? They're going to be empty anyway. I don't want to be involved with that. I don't want my daughter, I don't want my wife to say, hey, look, my dad thinks this is special. No. What I think is most important is what's on the inside. Who you are as a person. You know, as you think about that, if you think about value on the inside, I was looking at Wearsby, he says this, glamour is something a person can put on and take off. True beauty is always present. See, we can make it look better. We can put things on. We can walk away from the mirror saying, wow, this is special today because I've done this. But all along, the special comes out of who we are on the inside. Never what we put on on the outside. A woman who cultivates beauty of the inner person will not depend on cheap externals. So we're gathered today together, ladies. Are the externals what make you feel good, Port? Or is it who you are on the inside? And this is something I really interesting because Peter could have left some things out, but look at verse 4. He says this, Instead, you should be um, of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is his great worth in God's sight. Now, Peter could have left it there. He could have said, you know, ladies, the gentle, quiet spirit is just a really neat thing. I'm going to leave it right there. But you know what's interesting? Peter wanted these, these women to know that a gentle, quiet spirit Leads to something. You know what it leads to? Submission. You know what I find? If, there's, if you find a woman who is spiritually mature, submission is never an issue. If you find a woman that is spiritually immature and listening to the lies of this world, it's an issue. You know what's really interesting? We've been married 20, it'll be 21 years in August. I've never had to ask her that you need to submit to my authority. Not one time. And I've made some unwise decisions. You know what she's never came back to me and said? I told you so. If you just would have listened to me, we wouldn't have been in this situation. And I know she's thought it. I know she's struggled with it. I know she's laid awake at night saying, dear God, please help him. He's lost his mind. This isn't going to work. He's crazy. We're going to Africa. We don't know anybody. We're at the airport. He doesn't even remember who we're supposed to be looking for. I I mean, I only met him once. I mean, I can't remember who the guy was. I mean, good grief. What does he look like? I don't know. It's been a while. You know, Lee Robinson's his name. I don't know. We'll find him somewhere. After he traveled, you know, 22 hours in an airplane, who are you looking for? Well, I don't know. We'll find him. 
And you know what's so cool is, I think all of us have in our lives women that have this true, unfading inner beauty. I think we've all seen them. As I was sitting in the office today, I didn't, I didn't know you were going to be here, or this week, I was thinking about your grandma. Because I remember your grandpa. And he was a little feisty. But Grandma Grubb was a woman of unfading beauty on the inside. Kenneth could do whatever he wanted to do. And some of you remember Grandma Grubb. But there was something about Grandma Grubb just different. She just said, hey, I'm here. And I'm pretty sure behind closed doors she was not a doormat. You didn't run over her. But outside, wherever Kenneth was going to do his thing, Grandma Grubb is just going to be there. She's going to have that smile on her face. She's going to be involved in the church, be involved in Sunday school, be involved in people's lives, and love Ken Grubb. And there was only one person that was going to be able to love Ken Grubb. That was, his, that was Grandma Grubb. It was her. I thought about Marilyn Brewer. Most of you probably don't know Marilyn. She was a really quiet person. She'd come into church. But she always came here with her Bible open and a smile on her face. Never met a person like her before. Really, really neat person. And for whatever reason, we got a phone call. It's, it's been over, I don't know if it's been, a, has it been over a year? Not a year yet. She passed away of a heart attack. Just gone. Boom. Full life, loved Jesus, served, did all this stuff. Just boom, gone. God wanted her to come home. Thought of another person. This is about 23 years ago. I showed up over there in the fellowship hall. I came for a wedding, Dennis and Julie Runner's wedding. That's Susan's sister. I walked into this setting over there, had no idea what I was walking into. I had met her dad at Perkins. He played, you know, 50 questions with me. Really, he played 10 questions with me. Very, you know, straightforward, no beating around the bush. You know, just let me have it. Boom, 10 questions. I drank my Coke, walked away, said, it's over. I'm never going to marry Susan. Called my dad saying, go on with life. We'll find somebody else later on. Um, But I'll never forget coming down here, Julie's wedding. Had lunch with your dad. We're at the table. I'm thinking, this is never going to work. But I watched her mom. And I said, there's something different about Yetta Bankston. And over the years, I've continued to watch your mom. And I'm thankful for that day sitting in your parents' house at Whiteman Avenue that the Holy Spirit just said to me, you know what, if she'll be anything like your mom, she's worth it. And it's been true. And so it's neat to see God has placed in my life women of unfading inner beauty, character. They can wear their makeup, they can wear their nice clothing, but that's not what makes them who they are. And so we've gathered together as a family, and I'm just praying that, that, that the women involved at Bible Fellowship Church say, you know what, I want to have that inner beauty. I want to have that unfading beauty. As I think about that, I, those women, I, I think about these women, if, as, and I know that the, there are others of the you that are here that have been faithful to the Lord, inner beauty, neat people, and I, I appreciate that. But as I think about this gentle, quiet spirit, I think about a woman who knows her Bible. I think about a woman who's willing to live by faith, fully abiding in the Holy Scripture. Not their emotions, not what society says, not what their friends say, 
by faith. Saying, God, if this is what you want for my life, by faith, I'm going to follow you. As I think about a woman of inner beauty, there's some passages of Scripture that come to my mind. So if you have your Bible, go with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1 says this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the wicked will perish. Psalm chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Wouldn't it be amazing as we raise a generation of women and men that said, you know what, as the word of God lights our path, we'll follow it. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Also think of another passage of Scripture, Romans. Go to Romans, chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As we gather today to get to be here at church, as a family, are women transforming their minds? Are they falling into the lies of the world? This is where you find your value. I mean, I can take you and show you pictures of Africa where people don't wear dresses. They'll just take a piece of wood and cut open a lip and push their lip out really far and say, that's beautiful. And that's their culture. That's what they do. And so it doesn't matter where you live in the world. There's opportunities always to conform to the lies of the world. 
So are we gathering or raising a generation of men and women saying, hey, here it is. I don't want to be conformed to the world any longer. How am I not going to be conformed? Transformed by the renewing of my mind. Here's the Bible. Renew my mind. Set me free. Show me truth. I don't want to follow the lies of this world. John chapter 14 says this. John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll obey my, what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you a counselor to be with you forever. Who's the counselor? The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, neither does it see him nor know him. But you know him, for he lives and will be with you. See, God loved us so much. He said, hey, I'm going to send Jesus down across for our sins. And we say, yeah, I put my faith in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. What did God then say? I'm going to send you some help, a comforter, spirit of truth. So when the world starts lying to me, hey, I need this to make me feel valued. And it's probably amazing if you go into Choices Pregnancy and you sit down and talk with those girls and, and say, hey, what's the deal? Well, if I just have a baby, somebody will love me. If, they give me. if I get a baby, it will love me. Does a baby love a parent back? No. They want their diaper changed. They want to be fed when they want to be fed. They don't just wake up and say, mommy, I love you this morning. I'm so excited to spend time with you today, mom. No, they'll just take, take, take. That's what a child does. And you've got people saying, well, if I have that, a baby, if I have a car, if I have a house, if I have a diamond, if I have a necklace, if I have this outfit, if I have, will be too picky here, but lots of shoes. Some of y'all have way too many pairs of shoes. <clears throat> Newlyweds. I'm just picking on you. I don't, not meddle. But it's amazing. Well, and I understand. I've listened to the speech. You know, you have to have the shoes to go with the outfit. But how many different, I've even got one pair of black shoes. I wear them with all my, whatever I wear black. I don't have five pair of black shoes. But anyway, that's meddling. I'll stay out of that part. Um, but you understand what I'm saying? And it's the same thing for us as guys. If we just had this, that would give us value. If I, if I could drive that, if I could work there, if I got paid this amount of money, if I was in this company, then I would have something. No. That's the lie of the world. How do I fight that? I transform my mind with the word of God. Say, here, here's truth. That's not for me. I know it's true as we sit in this room together. There's not one of us sitting in here saying, you know what, I've got it all together. There's not one of us sitting in this room that if you're at your house this morning or, or this afternoon, whatever, and you hit your thumb with a hammer, there's not one of us that would say, Holy Spirit, I really thank you for that. <laughs> there's something that comes up inside of us that we're not going to say in this building because we'd all be embarrassed by those words. Why? Because we're sinners. And God loves sinners. And God gives sinners the opportunity. And the opportunity that's presented to you is what? This morning, women... Your beauty comes from what's on the inside, never from what's on the outside. And how, as a woman, you demonstrate that in your life, faithfulness to the Word of God. If your husband says, hey, I want to do this, please just don't tell him I told you so later on when you're right. Allow him to be right every once in a while. It makes him feel better as the husband. You know what's true? We all need Jesus this morning. 
And as you, as you look around this room, every single one of us have things in our lives that we can't fix in our own strength. So the question is, is there going to be a generation of women and a generation of men that fall on their face before Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. I don't want to buy into the lies of the world. I don't need this to make me happy. I don't need this to give me significance. Holy Spirit, I need help. Understand why my kids said it that way. I think there is. I'll give you this one last verse. It's First John chapter 5. It's probably one of my favorite verses. First John chapter 5, 11 through 13. And this is a testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Why did John write this? I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Remember finding that verse because I was always scared. What if something happened? When am I going to do something wrong? I mean, I've got life. I've got Jesus. But I'm not just staying there. I had the privilege to be here on Sunday night and I was listening to Pastor Andy share and somebody took a, a video of him, his family walking down the beach years ago when he was uh, there on the beach and he said to himself, why is dad in, in that video? What's my dad doing in that video or picture? I can't remember what, what exactly what it was. And then he stopped and realized, he said, you know what? I look like my dad. I act like my dad. Why? Because his dad's DNA is inside of him. Here's a question for you. Women and men. You say you love Jesus? You say you've asked Jesus for forgiveness of your sin? You say he's your savior. Is there any DNA living out of him out of your life? Does my life look like Jesus more today than it did yesterday? Do I open up this book? Now I open up this book, not when I was in high school. I open up this book saying, man, this book is no fun. They have taken all the fun out of life. No, I don't see it now. You know what I see now? There's warnings in this book. There's some red flags. If I do this, this is what's going to happen. Why? Because more of the DNA of Christ I see in here than I've ever seen before. And I don't want it just to be here. I want it to come out here. I want it to be part of my life. Am I going to get it all right? No. You, there's two people over here that can tell you lots of stories how I get it wrong. All right? But that doesn't mean I don't, that doesn't mean I throw in the towel. That doesn't mean I give up. That means I fall on my face and say, God, here I am again. It's me. You know me, the one that messed it up? Yep, that's me. I'm here. And I want to follow you. Would you help me? Would you empower me? Would you strengthen me? And I'm praying that for our ladies today. See, ladies, it's not this. It's here. Battle that till the day you die. Don't go to the world to make you feel like a princess. Please don't. It'll rip your heart out and leave you there and walk away and laughing at you. Don't do it. Men... Be there for them. Not just your wife, but other people in, the, in our church. 
Value them. I'm sure glad the day I got married, I never said, you know what, okay, now, Susan, we're married. I love you. You're my piece of property. I own you. You go where I want to go. You do what I want to do because you belong to me. No, I've never done that. She's a gift to me. I want to honor that gift. I want to value that gift. And I pray that we raise up generations of men that value those people that are around us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for pinning it through Peter's hand. Thank you for Holy Spirit for moving it, putting these words there. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, you drive them deep into our hearts. The ones who need encouragement, encourage them, Jesus. The ones that are just are battling with the world and they're, they're on the edge of saying, here, my value is here. Holy Spirit, to speak truth into their lives. Your value comes from Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He's the way. He's the truth. He's life. And he's saying to you this morning, you cannot put anything on the outside to give you value. What matters is on the inside, like the women of old. Holy Spirit, I pray you bring the mind, the women of old, to our women in this building today. Remind them of those women of the quiet, gentle spirit. Found their value in you. And Holy Spirit, empower them to be like those women. Pray, Holy Spirit, you would empower us men to be a real man, to take care of those who are around us, to love and honor and cherish them. Father, I just thank you for the privilege that we can open up the word of God. Make it become priority in our lives. Help it to live out of our lives, not just a book that we read about, but it comes out of our lives and our actions. If you're here this morning, you'd like to pray with somebody, the What's Next Ministries in the back, they would love to pray with you. We also have free gifts to the, to the mothers today, to the women today. Please take one. Thank you, Jesus, for our moms. Thank you for the women of Bible Fellowship Church. Raise a mighty army of women that are battling for beauty on the inside. It's your name I pray. Amen.